In today's gospel, we go from the sorrow of the cross, particularly with the dolors of our mother Mary, the seven sorrows. One of those sorrows that pierces her immaculate heart is the taking down from the cross, the experience of, of uh, yes, literally the dead body of Jesus in her arms. And uh, so much different from the living body within her womb. And, uh, and then the living body who was nourished by her own body, right? So a uh, very, very striking difference. In that way, that, that death is not natural, really, to us. Death is not God's design for the human person. God intends for the both the soul to be united with the body, and, and that therefore is then the true happiness. However, even with the uni being united in body and soul now, as we are right now on this pilgrimage journey, we can sometimes experience unhappiness. And it could be because we're not right in our soul, or we're not right, not so much we're not right in our body, is that we don't have a right, uh, that we don't uh, have uh, our body in right union uh, 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 with our soul. That is, uh, tending too much to the, uh, the materialness of, uh, of the human existence drags down the soul. And therefore, really, it's, it's the, the material is to serve the spirit. The body is to serve the soul. And yes, the body is an expression of the soul. So yes, when we worship God, then that th gives direction for uh, the peace of the body. And therefore, the whole person is in peace, can be at peace. Despite you know, hardships, we can still be at peace. You know, striking as it may sound, I, I, I haven't heard anyone read, write it, and maybe they did, and I just haven't read it or heard anyone say it, but I think this makes sense. I think Jesus can have profound peace and even joy on the cross. He can have joy on the cross and even peace. How is that possible in the midst of, a, say, a physical suffering? And indeed, he suffered in many human ways, not just physically, but also emotional distress. But that did not get in his, in his way of clear thinking of doing God's God the Father's will, though, okay? So his emotions never got in the way of his reasoning and his line of, uh, of, of his ability to always choose the Father's will. Though we suffer that, we suffer that distress, as St. Paul says, the very good I know I should do, I don't do, and the very evil I know I should avoid, I actually do it. Jesus had not, had, did not have that problem, all right? So, uh, but what he did do is he embraced the suffering both of body as well as emotions, but it, I don't think there was any intellectual distress in the sense that there was an angst. There's no, no that, that's going into the, the more of a spiritual activity, and our Lord was not hampered in any way, uh, despite the, the way the, the body and this humanness wants to drag, uh, dra 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 drag the person down. And Satan is, that, that's one of his uh, ace cards uh, of thinking that oh what if we it, like what he what he tempted Job with you know strike uh, strike everything around him you know his possessions and his even his family members kill him you know a lot uh, but don't touch his person okay and then see if he defies the Lord all right but he did not Job did not and and then he then the Lord God allowed Satan to touch the body uh, of the person you know when you touch a person's body you touch the person to touch the person of Job, but spare his life, all right? And then uh, Satan said, well, okay, then he'll certainly, uh, you know, uh, 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 curse you and, and, uh, 
and basically hate you. This, this is what the Satan wanted, wanted Job to do, is to, oh, why, is the, why are such things happening to me? Why are such evils happening to me who am so good? Um, like Job was a good man. He was, he was considered just, right? Um, and so Satan was thinking, well, if we really scratch at his very body and even strike his emotions and really tear down, make, even in its way of knowing things, making his, his, his head all cloudy with wondering what is God doing here, fill him with such distress and confusion, uh, th then, then, he will, uh, uh, then he'll despair. Or he'll allow bitterness to come in and he'll fester, let that fester and it'll eat in him, it'll eat him up, it'll become like a worm that never dies. It continues to eat him up. And uh, that's, you know, that's what the demons want to have happen to, to each human person. But, uh, but Job, he, he, he remained faithful. In that way, I will not blame God for any, any, anything that happens to me. But Job was self-justifying in that way that still I haven't done anything either. But uh, uh, so if you want to read the end of the story, I'll let you, let you ponder that. Is what was Job's lesson in the end? Uh, that, that would be something to, to still first pray about. What did, uh, pray about uh, the, the fact that a person suffers. How is it that they can actually be in good conscience? How can they have joy? How can they have peace? and still suffer? That, I already said the answer, is because they're in good conscience. What does that mean? It's because they know that what they're doing is the Father's will. That's how Jesus could be at peace on the cross. He is allowing this evil to happen to him because it's what God the Father wants. And then, of course, Jesus knows that this is a, uh, a tool for bringing forth uh, our salvation. The forgiveness of sin through his blood being shed. We have forgiveness of our original sin from Adam and Eve, as well as our personal sins throughout our individual lives. And also, it's a tearing down of Satan's dominion over, over souls. souls. And that way, he wants to, he wants to chain each soul down you know, to, uh, uh, to, to just simply uh, not... not in a way that we are like a bird prevented from flying to heaven, but even it's more of a more of a of a of a torture in that way that we, our vices become our slavery, our vices become our slavery. To, to, in the end, it becomes that Satan himself wants to be worshipped, and uh, and that's the beginning of that is that we worship ourselves. But how is it that we start to worship ourselves? Is that we don't say no to our tendencies towards sin. We don't say no to, no to self. Jesus said no to himself all the time. He said, not my will, but thine be done, Heavenly Father. So he's an example for all of us of saying a no to himself is an example, but also, as a, by extension, <laughs> he worshiped God, as God the Father. Interesting, because if Jesus being God, if he gives worship to his Father, does that mean he's not God? It doesn't mean that at all, you know? The, the son, natural, born, na natural na uh, eternally begotten of the father, gives reverence to the father. The son gives reverence to the father. And this is true and proper relationship as father to son. And, uh, and, the, and the father loves the son when, when the son turns towards him all the time. And so on the cross, 
Jesus' gaze was always into the interior of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of the, that, that pious association of the Son to the Father, being, I want to do your will, not mine, but thine be done. And that is, a, that is a society already of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, a society as, uh, of, of, uh, of charity, uh, willing the good for the other, wanting the good for the other, and wanting to participate in doing the good for the other. That, then, is the context for each of us for the sharing of spiritual goods for, our, for, for those who, who are neighbors now, still living, as well as those who have died. Those who are the souls in purgatory, they are in the church suffering, they are on the side of Jesus. They're, they're within his wound, as it were. Okay? Being baptized, they, are, they, they have life in Christ, and now they're in his wound. And their suffering is a suffering in that way that they remain with him. And therefore, because he is at peace in doing his Father's will, it's possible for us to do any kind of suffering, as long as it's in union with Jesus, to be at peace. Because we know that this is towards our good. Uh, Jesus is going to allow any, uh, he, 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 if we experience any kind of cross, any kind of suffering, in union with his, we can be assured that it's going to be towards a good. And our faith tells us that that we, can, we need to trust, say, Jesus, I trust in you, that you can, you can bring this suffering of mine into, towards a good, to the extent to where I need healing. And, uh, and, and so it, it is with, with what our Lord does, is he has peace in the midst of his suffering. He can even have joy, knowing that, uh, that, uh, that there, there are, his mother, his mother Mary is standing at the foot of the cross, and she is in union with him, and saying, behold, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And she, in union with him, offers an acceptable sacrifice to God the Father. It is in the context of this crucifixion of Jesus, which then unfolds to the, to the event of the resurrection, of which was demonstrated here. Kind of like in all in a few words, you have a lot of emotions going on here. Sorrow and then joy of the resurrection. Sadness and joy. So those are true good and honest human, ex human emotions, and St. Luke is actually almost like toying with your emotions, having you experience the sorrow uh, of the crucifixion, but then only moments later in the, re in the hearing of this story is you have the joy of the resurrection. So mixed, mixed emotions, it, it, I think that was intended that way for you to, so that no matter how we feel, no matter what our emotions are, as long as we have goodwill doing the will of God the Father through Jesus Christ, willing it. Now we need to will what Jesus wants now, okay? Uh, then we can be at, have peace and joy. We can have peace in the midst of sorrow. So I, the, the, the souls in purgatory do experience a, uh, a, 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 tr uh, a continued journey of faith and of hope. <coughs> they're, they're filled with profound hope, and there's never any element of despair in the souls in purgatory. Because the good thief on the cross, when he's with Jesus, he said that he was filled with great hope, saying, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He wouldn't have said that if he didn't have hope. He knew that Jesus could, could say, because by contrast, the, the evil 
uh, 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 well, yeah, uh, the, the bad criminal, the criminal without any hope, was doing just the opposite. He was filled with despair, bitterness, resentment, and, uh, and, and all that, lashing out at Jesus, who's so innocent. And the good thief said, why do you revile him? Why do you, do, why do you say this? Why do you blaspheme? Where we are suffering, what is our just punishment now? But he is innocent, you know? So, and then he said, Jesus, so he ignored, notice what the good thief does. He ignores the bad. He ignores the evil so as not to be distracted by who's good here. Isn't that a good lesson for us? God is with us in his beautiful blessings. So let us never be distracted by the evils of the world as if, oh, uh, when is this ever going to come to an end so I can finally uh, focus on my God? Jesus doesn't promise that. He says, in the midst of all the storms and chaos, and, and, and yes, the evil choices that others do around you, still focus on me, because I am there in your midst too. And that's what the good thief does. He focuses on Jesus in the midst of all the stone throwing, all right, and, and all, the, all the tongue lashing. There's worse things to be thrown at you than stones. It's, it's, it's blasphemy, all right, <laughs> particularly against the Son of God. Evil, evil tongues, evil, ill will. When they have ill will, when, they, when their will is full of, when their, when their will is, is evil, meaning malice of will, then they're not capable of experiencing the peace. At Christmas time, the birth of Jesus, the angels sang, Glory to God in the highest peace to people of goodwill. That is to say, they will have peace only if they have goodwill. By implication, if they do not have goodwill, meaning malice of will, which a lot of people were demonstrating at the crucifixion of Jesus, particularly the, the, the bad thief on the cross, if they have ill will, malice of will, they're not capable of peace. The good thief on the cross, trust in Jesus, he trusted and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And I think even there he was imbued with a sense of peace, knowing that he's not alone in his suffering. In fact, his suffering is absorbed into the wound of Jesus, where he actually is almost, he rests on, on that pillow of the sacred heart of Jesus. Jesus rested his head on the pillow of a boat, and it was in the midst of a storm. Now the good thief rests his head on the pillow of the sacred heart in the midst of the storm of his own suffering, but he's not afraid because he did what Jesus told those apostles to do in the storm on the boat. Where was your faith? Why didn't you just come to me and I would have just calmed the storm? But you are all scampering about, um, hugging yourselves, thinking that you yourselves are are the source of your own consolation, where I am the one who will give you comfort. Come to me, all you who labor and find life burdensome. He says that to those on the boat. He says that to the good thief on the cross. Come to me, you who find this suffering so burdensome. Come to me. And he says to that, to every soul in purgatory, come to me, all you who find this, purga this purgation so, so, so trying. Come to me, and I will refresh you, for my yoke is easy, my burden light. And he says that to each of us who are enduring any kind of penance today for the sake of filling up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. We're offering uh, indulgences, for suffrages 
for the souls in purgatory, but also we can, we can also fill up what is lacking in our sufferings uh, in union with Jesus for the, to repair for the, the damages done by our own personal sins. We're already in this life, maybe during this homily, you have to wait for a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes homilies are purgative, you know. So, so, so you got to work through it. Work through it. You're already working. You're already doing your purgatory now. It's only a matter of time. It will come to an end. This homily will come to an end. That's the idea of that. That's the idea of this. It's, pur it's, it's temporal punishment, meaning it's a, it's a purgation punishment in a sense. Punishment means it's remedial. It's it's for a time for the purpose of a healing process. And the process does come to an end, and you will experience heal, being healed. It comes to an end. So then the, the, Jesus says, come to me, all you who seek this healing, and I will give you this, this, uh, this refreshment that you so, uh, so desire and so long for. And so that's, that's the context of what we're all in. We're, uh, this side of heaven... In, in heaven doesn't need the purg purgation because they're with God face to face. Uh, everything's all purged so that they see God, God in the clarity of, his, of the vision with, with no obstruction. So, you know, it's it's, it's uh, creator and creature, father and son, father, daughter, and direct vision. Uh, on this side of heaven, there is always going to be some obstacle, something that will have to be cleansed away. And... Uh, and so Jesus, in his mercy, provides that opportunity for a remedy, a punishment. So, yeah, again, the, the English word punishment, it sounds, so, uh, it, it sounds so negative, like as if nothing is ever good about it. It is entirely good. In that way, it's remedial. It's, it's, a, it's an experience to go through a healing process so that I will be made capable of receiving uh, my God who is light and shining upon my soul. And when we participate in that light, we shall see him as he is. But this side of heaven, there's, there's certain obstructions, and, uh, and therefore, uh, th that's, that's the suffering right there. A person in the mystical state of prayer, they're, they're going through a purgatory there because uh, uh, even though they don't have a t uh, even attachment to sin, there's something about the human nature in its weakness that prevents in itself of arriving at that beatific vision. And then therefore it takes a supernatural gift of God to raise even, even the person did, who did everything they could to be holy, okay, at least dis, well disposed for God still will be lacking. And that's their suffering. That's their suffering. They desire so much this union. So praying for the souls in purgatory is basically a charity to give them what they cannot obtain for their, on their own, what they cannot do on their own. That's why they're called poor souls in purgatory. P they're called poor because they can't do anything for themselves. They, they rely on your charity uh, to provide suffrages for, for their, for their uh, cleansing, for their, uh, for their remedy, for the remedy of their soul. Uh, and it's a matter of justice. It's a matter of justice. That way, of, uh, by God's justice, he's perfectly merciful as well as perfectly just. And then that's provided for them. And then they're able to be with God in heaven uh, because justice is satisfied by your prayers for them. 
I'd like to end with this image, this story, rather, with the idea of, of how is it that we can help another person in purgatory because they can do nothing for themselves. Out in Wyoming, I, I was, uh, did a lot of hiking with some college students and, uh, and, and the other uh, adult directors, uh, other instructors out there. And uh, when you're going into the back country, you could be out there four days walking trip, hiking trip, away from a trailhead, so away from the vehicle. Uh, if, if you don't have a helicopter to come get you, you're gonna have to hike back, 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 back out, right? And, and uh, so hopefully you, you, your, your, your feet and legs are healthy. You don't get injured out there. If you do, well, that's best that you're with someone then. Don't go by yourself. Don't go it alone. If you get injured, you're an animal. Literally, you, you'll be, the, the, the coyotes, uh, they can tell when, when, you're when you're wounded and they'll go after you. So then you wanna be in a group, you don't go it alone. You can see what I'm working with, this analogy of life. Don't go through this life alone. Have help already. So that if you're ever wounded in some way, others can help you. Out there, if say a person, we, ha we, we had this, this, it was not with my group, but with another. They had, someone had a, got a sprained ankle, they splinted it, and then, but what happened, they have a fi fi 45 to 65 pound pack. It depends on how much you know, food you get, you get accumulated again. If you get re resupplied in your food, you're helping to, to spread the food out, all right? The, all the, the staple food that you pack, put, put in each pack. And that, add, that can add about 15 to 20 pounds to your pack, and that all along with your other gear. It could be, I, I had a pack about 58 pounds. That's pretty, pretty, pretty heavy. Uh, but you get used to it after a while. But if you get injured, it's <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a huge problem. So what do we do for, for to help relieve the, that burden uh, of that injured, that injured fellow hiker. You take everything out of their pack, basically strip it down to where they just have a light pack. That way they don't have such a strain on their already wounded, uh, wounded body, right? So that they can actually hike out because um, that's what they got to do. They got to hike, they got to hike, they got to put their, um, their, their, uh, t uh, their expedition to a, a close, they got to the heck out. So then what you do is they shared the burden with everyone else in the group to where that one person who was injured, needed help, was relieved. And that's what purgatory is. When we help, or at least helping another person in purgatory, we're help sharing the load. <laughs> Share the load, right? Right, Samwise Gamgee, right? Share the load, yes, that's it. So actually take, I'm willing, what, this is what you're do, willing to do. I'm willing to take on more along with my burden. I'm willing to take on more so as to help someone who can't help themselves, right? Maybe that's, that's too simplified analogy, but it works, because that's what we're doing when we help someone in purgatory, help share their load, and, that, and this is an act of charity. So that's what we're doing for the souls in purgatory today. Pray for a particular person in your family who's deceased, and our Lord in his sacred heart will shed his light upon them and bring them to heaven. That's our great hope. Again, the, the, the gospel today ends with that great hope. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. And why would he go through all that if he's not capable of saving your loved ones? That demonstrates he's capable. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen.